Good morning. Good morning. See you all. And this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. As you have heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. 2 John 6. Studies in the Confession, taught by Jared. That's right here, 9.30 a.m. That's for the adults and new members. Today is our communion service, and is our custom. We'll take a break, and when you hear the music, we'll regather, and then after the communion service, we'll have a, a dinner in the uh, fellowship hall. Please stay. If you didn't know or forgot, please stay anyways. I don't ever remember a time when there wasn't enough food, so <laughs> please uh, stay with us. Men's Bible study, Tuesday, 10 at the McLeods. Uh, prayer meeting, Wednesday at 7. And um, you'll see number 7 there if you wish to help. Uh, for the hurricane in Texas, uh, there's the uh, Samaritan's Purse, uh, or you can uh, use the number. As you all know, uh, Donna went home to be with the Lord August 15th. Bags of clothes and shoes are in the junior church room upstairs, and nothing would please her more than to know that you could get some use uh, out of those things. So please take them and use them if you can. Uh, Acts and Facts. It's this one this year, this month. And Days of Praise, also. Nice fall cover on that. It is fall, isn't it, right now? First of September. Uh, they're here, so please make use of those. And they're on the foyer table as always. All right. Anything I've omitted today? We have a responsive reading uh, this morning for our meditation, and that's 829 in the Trinity, Psalm 119. Psalm 119, 33 through 56. If you'll stand with me, we'll read together. <clears throat> Teach me, O Lord, to follow your decrees, then I will keep them to the end. Give me understanding, and I will keep your law, and obey. Direct me in the path of your commands, for there I find delight. Turn my heart towards your statutes and not towards selfish gain. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. Fulfill your promise to your servant, so that you may be Take away the disgrace I dread, for your laws are good. How I long for your precepts. Preserve my life in your righteousness. May your unfailing love come to me, O Lord, 
your salvation according to your promise. Then I will answer the one who taunts me, for I trust in your word. Do not snatch the word of truth from my mouth, for I have put my hope in your laws. I will always obey your law, forever and ever. I will walk about in freedom, for I have sought out your precepts. I will speak of your statutes before kings, and will not be put to shame. For I delight in your commands, because I love them. I lift up my hands to your commands, which I love, and I meditate on your decrees. Remember your word to your servant, for you have given me hope. My comfort in my suffering is this, your promise preserves my life. The arrogant mock me without restraint, but I do not turn from your law. I remember your ancient laws, O Lord, and I find comfort in them. Indignation grips me because of the wicked who have forsaken your law. Your decrees are the theme of my song wherever I watch. In the night I remember your name, O Lord, and I will keep your law. This has been my practice. that the Lord would bless his word. George, would you open for us this morning? Father, what a wonderful thing it is to be able to read and be comforted by the message of your word to us. Lord, again, we are reminded by the psalmist of how important it is to understand your words as being your law to us. It is what you want us to know Father, we pray this morning as we are here to worship you, that you would still our hearts and calm our thoughts, Lord, that we may concentrate and think about what Pastor is declaring from your word this day. Father, we pray for the presence of your spirit and and his power upon us, that we might learn of you this day. Be with uh, the message this morning and speak to hearts of those here. Remain standing for our singing. Good morning. Take your brown hymnals and turn to page 276. 276 in the brown. Christ the head and cornerstone chosen 
Dr. Ed, you were on my list from last week. 503, same in the brown. 503 in the brown. Do we have a, a reason for this hymn? <laughs> yes, and so does the song leader. <laughs>
Scripture reading this morning, 2 John. You stand with us. This is 2 John. To the chosen lady and her children whom I love in the truth, and not only, but also all who know the truth, because of the truth which lives in us will be within us forever. Grace, mercy, peace from God our Father, from Christ Jesus, Father's Son, will be with us in truth and love. It has given me great joy to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as the Father commanded us, and now, dear lady, I am writing you a new command, but one we have heard from the beginning. I ask that we love one another, and this is love that we walk in obedience to his commands, as, he, as you have heard from the beginning. His command is that you walk in love. Many deceivers who do not acknowledge Christ Jesus as coming in the flesh have gone unto the world. Any such person is a deceiver and the Antichrist, which out of you that do not lose what you have worked for, but that you may be rewarded fully anyone who runs ahead and does not continue in the teaching of Christ does not have God whoever continues in the teaching has both the father and the son if anyone comes from you and doesn't bring his teaching do not take him into your house or welcome him anyone who comes with him share in his wicked works I have much to write to you, but I do not want to use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to visit you and talk with you face to face so that your joy may be complete. The children of your chosen sister sent this greeting. Take a brown hymnal again. Turn to page 452. 452. 
Our scripture text this morning is the little book, a littler, of 2 John. 2 John. I would just say out in the vestibule, you'll find a box with a little pump. Uh, there are soap dishes and lotion dishes, and you'll see toothpicks sticking out of the hole. That's my wife's way of uh, keeping them fresh. <laughs> so please help yourself to those. There's, she liked to change decorations seasonally. So, you know, we got Christmas in there, we got winter in there, we got summer in there. What does it matter? Just take them and enjoy them. And uh, also remind you of the things upstairs, lots of clothes. And um, we're going to have to get rid of them pretty soon, so help yourself to them. Second John. In our last study, we closed out the letter of First John by studying his exhortation on effectual prayer, or to say it another way, prayer that produces results. You know, many people pray, and every religion in the world promotes prayer of some sort. But we learn that God specifically tells us in the Bible, and let me read it for you, when you spread out your hands in prayer, I will hide my eyes from you, and if you offer many prayers, I will not listen. Wow, that's pretty strong. I will not listen. Why not? He goes on. Your hands are full of blood. Wash and make yourselves clean. Take your evil deeds out of my sight. Stop doing wrong. Isaiah 1, verse 15 and 16. God listens to the prayers of his people, but we better be honest about our sin. So, while we are believers, it is not a given that we can live just any old way we want and still expect God to be our strength and our aid. If we're living in a state of unrepentant sin, the windows of heaven will be closed for a while, and they won't reopen and pour out... Uh, God's blessings on us until we repent. We also talked about the fact that we should keep short accounts with God. Confess your sins to God. Make amends with those you hurt. Seek forgiveness and peace. Don't let things lag on and on and on and on and on. Whether it's with God directly that you have an issue or with some brother or sister in Christ. Keep short accounts. Thirdly, we were charged to pray for things that God himself has said are in accordance with his will. Do you know this is the best guarantee for answered prayer? Because the things God approves glorify him and bless us. It's a win-win situation. So we ought to look in the scriptures, see what he approves, and pray those things. And then finally, we had a charge to abstain from idols. Because behind every idol concept of God, whether idols of the heart or an actual physical entity, silver, gold, whatever, 
Behind every one of those is a demon, the scripture says, sucking up all the allegiance and worship which belongs alone to God and his son Jesus. You want to participate in the worship of demons? The idols we bring into our life do that. Well, today's study centers on the even smaller letter of 2 John, also written by the apostle of that name. And as we come to the scriptures, let's ask for the intervention of God. Holy Father, send thy Holy Spirit that he might teach us of the Holy Christ, the Savior of sinners. And as we're going to study in this book this morning, the enemies of Christ are nothing new. They have been around since the first century. Even before that, if we think of Christ in, the, in his Old Testament manifestations. Bless the truth to our hearts. For those that are unsaved and don't know Jesus. Lord Jesus, may you find them today. Grant them the faith they don't have and the repentance they don't want to yield. That today you might be glorified in another soul being saved. And that you might be glorified in the truth of your word having its effect. This we pray for your glory. We also pray it for our good. In Christ's name. Amen. Our text today is 2 John. And the book opens this way. In terms of the salutation. The elder, it says, to the chosen lady or elect lady, that's the word there, and her children. Now, this again is the Apostle John. You say, well, how do you know that? We know it because every person has their own style of writing unique to them. You, me, everybody has their own style. <coughs> when the early church worked on identifying authorship, they were not always benefited by a clear statement of identity. They didn't always read, Hi, all, I'm the Apostle Paul writing to you. Or I'm the Apostle Peter. Or here, Hi, I'm the Apostle John who's writing to you. These letters were just that. They were letters, howbeit with divine authority because of their content the Holy Spirit who inspired them. But even though we do not always have a clear salutation identifying the author, what we do have are style markers which help us identify who's doing the writing. Now let's see how this works. Look at verse 5. And now, dear lady, I am not writing you a new command, but one that we have had from the beginning, I ask that we love one another. Jump back a book. 1 John 2 verse 7. Dear friends, I am not writing you a new command, but an old one, which you have had since the beginning. This old command is in the message that you heard. Let's jump back another notch. John's Gospel, chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. A new command I give you, 
Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now, you can see that the similarity in style confirms that one author wrote all three verses. Let's try another one. 2 John verse 6. And this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands... And you have heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. Go back one book, 1 John 5, verse 3. This is love for God, to obey his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. Go back another book to John 14, verse 23. If you love me, you will obey what I command. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. John 14, verse 15, verse 21. Now, you can see, it takes a little work, but you can see that it is not impossible to discover the authorship of 2 John, if you're willing to apply a measure of the scientific method to the project. By discovering similar stylized patterns in both 2 John, 1 John, and the Gospel of John, it becomes clear that one author penned all three accounts. And when we add in the date for this letter, we have concrete evidence that it was penned by the Apostle John. We do the same, do we not? In rummaging through Donna's notes and abbreviated statements, true, we have family members who can recognize her handwriting. And they agree in their minds that she wrote these things. But for others who have never seen her handwriting, they can read an unsigned document and they still conclude, that sounds like Donna Luke. Well, on what are they basing their evaluation? It's her style of writing, the words that she used, her favorite expressions, the deliberate forms of punctuation, and so on. Now, this may not be rocket science, but it is a practical science that assures the investigator that he or she is reading something penned by Donna. Now, in the biblical world, there is nothing cavalier about conclusions made by scholars on authorships, dates of writing, content, the analogy of scripture, what is taught elsewhere in the Bible on the same subject matter, believing as we do that God does not contradict himself. All these things are taken very seriously by the men who conscripted the scriptures together. Because we're all dealing with the gospel and we're all dealing with men's souls. Let's bring it to modern day. Who in our country would minimize, berate, or belittle the rescue efforts in Houston for all those people who lost everything in the deluge fostered by Hurricane Harvey? Well, while we agonize over the loss of material goods and housing and even loss of life, 